welcome to Conversations with Anne Elizabeth, the podcast inspired by my book. I'm a registered dietitian, now what? Where I have the absolute joy to sit back, relax, and have a conversation about nutrition with a variety of people who share their personal story of passion and purpose, especially registered dietitians. Today's conversation is with Caroline Weeks, a registered dietitian who discovered dietetics through a unique journey while studying music performance. Caroline and I met through the Iowa Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics when she joined our team of media spokespersons. When we met, I knew this dietitian was going to be a mover and shaker in our profession. It was great to have this conversation with her because of how she discovered dietetics midway through her college career while she was studying music performance as a classically trained violist. Caroline shares her journey so far and how she is using all aspects of her education and experiences in her life as a registered dietitian. Please enjoy my conversation with Caroline. So yeah, why don't you kind of just kind of take me back to when dietetics kind of came on your radar or when you kind of started getting interested in nutrition and health and things like that? Yeah, so my journey to dietetics is very non-traditional and I was always a non-traditional student when I entered the field of dietetics. I all throughout high school um, was very serious with classical music. So I'm a classical violist um, trained ever since elementary school. And so I pursued music performance as a first degree. And I actually went to Indiana University Bloomington Jacobs School of Music where I was pursuing music performance in a conservatory setting. And that was extremely intense. Uh, Jacobs competes for best like top music school in the country along with Side really? Juilliard. So you can imagine um, what the environment was like. Uh, I was practicing in a closed room eight hours a day, um, performing in operas, concerts, recitals. Had, I had no math or science in my curriculum whatsoever. It was just music. And while I loved that, um, I began to notice in my second year some pretty unhealthy lifestyles being led around me and I noticed that effect it had on me and my emotions and I just felt, you know what, this is not, there's something more that I could be giving back to the world with, something that would make me feel I guess, more fulfilled emotionally, physically, from a health standpoint. So during that time that I was in the music conservatory, I actually found weightlifting. And that was sort of, I think, a release or an outlet for my stress that was sort of being pent up inside. And I met some friends who taught me the ropes of how to lift with proper form. And and then the bug sort of bit me with that. And I began to do my own research on how nutrition had its effect with sports performance and how what we eat affects our bodies and how it can give us more energy, create muscle growth and, um, you know, just overall better endurance and strength. And so then I thought, okay, um, I need to switch paths and... I met with a lot of people in the fitness industry and uh, was sort of given two options. They said you could either go the, you know, physical therapy route or the dietetics Mm. nutrition route. And somebody said, I think you'd have a lot more job security if you went the dietitian route. I had never even heard of what a dietitian was at that point (laughs) in my life. 
Um, and I thought, okay. And my one science course that I had to take in college in the conservatory was a human nutrition class. And I loved it. So huh. it was kind of this perfect storm of, I was really into this nutrition class. Everything was aligning. So I got the gumption up to talk to my parents who were very supportive of my music <laughs> and said, I want to take a complete 180 change in direction. I want to move back home to Des Moines. I want to go to Iowa State because I know it's got one of the best programs. I want to pay in state tuition and pursue this. And they like their mouths just dropped to the floor. They were unhappy with me. Like, were they? oh my gosh, yes. It was like the world was crashing and burning huh. all in front of me in flames. And so that was really tough. Um, and so I guess long story short, I transferred to Iowa State. I felt like I was undergoing this total change in identity, really, because I had discovered this hobby that I loved, but I was still playing at a very high level. So... I'm not a quitter, so I finished off my music degree um, in tandem with my dietetics degree, which, by the grace of God, I don't know how I pulled that off to, to wow. do two separate, not only majors, but two separate degrees in tandem. So I have a Bachelor of Arts in Music Performance and then a Bachelor of Science in Dietetics. So my I am forever indebted to my uh, advisor at Iowa State for helping me align my courses and make it all because I don't know how that even worked out um, <laughs> it was choreographied very well yes exact perfect <laughs> choreography so um, I knew I had a mentor that kind of helped me out. Um, he, I know actually he's a colleague of mine. It's funny how small the circles. dietetic world is, but the circles, but um, he told me from the get go, you need work experience in dietetics. And I've got an idea for you at a hospital here. You can be um, a food service assistant. It's like a glorified waitress in the <laughs> hospital. So I, by golly, I applied for that job. I got in the hospital environment, which I, you know, luckily my family had never been sick. I never really spent much time in the hospital. But for some reason, um, I just absolutely thrived in that environment. I loved it. So we've got this kind of like weightlifting thing still happening in one niche of my life and then the music thing happening and then this discovery of clinical dietetics and the medicine and, you know, um, environment of medicine going on simultaneously. And I've always felt like I have... I lead a bunch of lives. I, I have like my little hats that I wear and I'm a, not that I'm a different person, but I definitely have different realms that I exist in simultaneously. And that's been difficult when sort of determining what my personal brand is along the way. Like, what do I most identify with? Because I'm so interested in so many different unrelated fields. But I guess what I'll explain later is that the skills I learned from music and performing really have helped me so much in the field of dietetics um, in terms of confidence, speaking, um, delivering a thought or, um, you know, working collaboratively because I've grown up playing in a symphony and every person plays their own part. And without one person being in tune, the whole thing's ruined. And I made that analogy actually in my personal statement to my internship about how um, a hospital is much like how a symphony works because everybody collectively does their part. And um, if one, you know, one piece is out of tune, then the whole thing doesn't ring true. So um I worked as a hospital food service assistant for, I want to say, like, probably four years. 
Was so, that during when you were going to school? school. Too? So yep. you were doing two majors and you were working and you were still playing music too. Yeah, I had absolutely no life in college. So um, <laughs> just to give you a, I, yeah, not to sound like that stuck up person who did everything, but I managed a string quartet. I played in the Des Moines Symphony. I was doing two degrees. I was a competitive powerlifter that um, competed in events across the country. Um, so I was doing a lot of these things. I, I tried to hold myself to a high academic standard as well. Um, just a lot of odd jobs, but again, things that did help me kind of determine what my interests were in dietetics um, helped well gave my resume a, a well-rounded character I guess um, but I I loved in course courses I loved medical nutrition therapy I loved that when I was serving meals I would look at the census of patients and I would see the differential diagnoses and I would think oh well, I know why they need this diet order and you know just little little things like that which I think um, gave me an exposure to things um, so I knew I wanted to go something clinical because I knew I'd have a job security I liked it it was a really exciting like I like the hustle and bustle mm -hmm. of a hospital it's like kind of like airports you know yeah. it, it runs 24 7 there's somebody always up and That's working true. and you never feel lonely because somebody's always up you know <laughs> I would work 12 hour shifts at like 4 a.m. and somebody oh, wow. was always up so um that's what drew me to that. And I love the interdisciplinary team and aspect of clinical work. So I love being able to work with doctors and pick their brains, nurses. I respect so much um, speech language pathologists. Everybody mm -hmm. really um, lends such a unique knowledge set to overall care of a patient. So that was, was what was so inspiring to me. And the fact that I knew I was actually making a difference in somebody's mm -hmm. life and a, a real noticeable difference was what was great. So, yeah, that was kind of my story. I mean, that's a lot. I mean, that's a lot to be going on and to choose something completely different than what you started. I mean, you spent most of your life doing you said when a mm -hmm. young child doing music. Yes. So, yes, that's a very interesting thing, how you fell onto it through just being physically active and right and choosing mm -hmm. a different form of activity while you're practicing music. Exactly. Yeah. And I. I owe my kind of transformation actually to powerlifting and weightlifting because it gave me this newfound sense of confidence. Like it helped me overcome hard classes. It helped me overcome insecurities. And um, yeah, I, I guess now a piece of advice I tell people and students is that you can have these identity changes and you can undergo or change career paths later in life. Like don't ever be afraid to do something like that. If the, your gut feeling is saying, Oh, I think I should be doing this. Cause what is it? This statistic now is like people change not only jobs, but careers. I want to say like three or four times. That's the That's average. A lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it really is. And I can test, I am a, can testify to that. So, um, so talk to me about powerlifting because I, I like how you made the analogy that it gave you kind of strength to kind of overcome some hard things in school. And mm -hmm. I'm assuming in life now yeah. too for you, but mm -hmm. competing. Oh my gosh. Like that's a huge thing to never have done it before. And then starting to get into competing. That's really interesting. Yes. I um, was 
I like to think of myself as one of the original lifters at a very successful powerlifting gym in Des Moines. It's called 22nd Street Barbell, and they started off on 22nd Street. <laughs> it's now moved and grown and changed, but um, and it was like a little family away from my biological family that I would meet every day, and they would teach me these things. And I, I just, I'm kind of a nerd, so I got into the biomechanics and science and technical aspect of lifting um, that I think makes me a better dietitian now because you have to kind of know about the fitness side of health in addition to nutrition. I feel like to be an effective health and wellness professional. Um, So from a knowledge standpoint, that gave me a lot. And then in the realm of bodybuilding, there's a lot of like bro science and, you know, like how to build muscle (laughs) and all of that, that, you know, there is a kernel of really legitimate science at the bottom of all of it. It gets blown out of proportion, but I would kind of piece through all of that and and actually find those little nuggets of science. And that actually helped make my MNT courses like so much more um, digestible and easier to understand because I did it in the trenches when I was trying to be a better power lifter. I was trying to gain strength and muscle and um, I would know about supplements and which ones were legitimate, which ones weren't and all of that. So um, I think I, I, I no longer compete and I still lift weights as a hobby and to keep myself active. I don't have a desire really to go back to it because I my interests have shifted since then. Um, and that really started in my internship where I just devoted 100% all of my emotional energy toward learning and my career. So I gave that up, but um, it, it did. I do honor it as my um, window to dietetics yeah. and how I discovered it. was a good segue into yes. dietetics. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you finished your degree at Iowa State, and then where did you do your internship at? I did my internship at the Minneapolis VA Medical Center. So I I worked with a a veteran-affiliated system and learned just so much. That was such a profound experience for me. Um, Yeah, gosh, looking back, I I always tell people, always give yourself 100%, 150% in your internship because it's the one year where you get to be halfway between student, halfway between a professional and ask as many questions as you can because that's your that's your launch pad into a career and I I got a great clinical foundation there. That's why I chose that program. I was going to ask if that was what you were because you said you like the clinical aspect, uh-huh. so that's probably why you chose it. Yes, it was gosh, 90% MNT um, and I saw a lot of cardiovascular disease, um, uh, diabetes, of course, in the VA population because I was working with more elderly patients. But what made the Minneapolis location unique was they're known for their traumatic brain injury unit. Mm. So I got to experience a lot of that and kind of the progressive therapies that um, you have in nutrition support with um, omega-3 supplementation arginine supplementation, things like that. So that was kind of cool. Not to mention, I got to see so many amazing procedures. I've seen open heart surgery. Um, My case study involved um, a collaboration with the autopsy department because my patient actually passed away. And so Mm. I got to use pictures of um, different body parts in my case study to prove a point. So very collaborative, very interdisciplinary, which is what 
puts me on fire and, and really gets me going. So it was a great experience. It was perfect for you. It really was. Yeah. So after you had an amazing experience with your internship, what kind of, you said you went in clinical, so I'm assuming that's what you looked like, looked at for jobs too. So how was the frontier of job searching and, and what were you thinking? What was pulling your heartstrings of what you wanted to do? Yeah. Job searching, I'll be completely honest. It was bleak when I was first (laughs) starting out. Yeah. It was like a dry period or something like that. The Midwest is, I hate to say I use the word kind of saturated because Mm -hmm. there's a lot of dietitians, at least in Iowa. Um, I was in Minneapolis at the time. I was getting interviews, applying, but I hadn't yet taken my exam. And so I was, I think, prematurely applying to jobs. Oh, sure. Um, So that kind of worked against me. Um, but I was actually uh, with the Iowa Academy at the public policy workshop in D.C. one summer. Great experience, by the way. That's another hobby of mine and maybe where I'd like to go in the future. Um, but I was chatting with an old colleague, actually, a student, old student cohort um, of mine. And uh, she had told me about a job that she heard was open at the hospital where I was a food service assistant. Uh-huh. And I thought, oh, well, I... I know some people there still, so maybe I should look into that. So long story short, I applied and I got the job. So um, another kind of crazy story because I did my internship in uh, geriatric population for the most part, though I did get some pediatric experience. I now work as a pediatric dietitian. (laughs) So completely opposite. Completely opposite. (laughs) Yes. I'm all about just keeping things mixed up. (laughs) So I work at Blank Children's Hospital and Clinics now in Des Moines. Um, I work as an outpatient dietitian. Um, the, The job... I guess description and what I was initially hired for was to help cover endocrinology Um, and also I was to be the dietitian for our cystic fibrosis center. So Mm -hmm. Iowa has only two CF centers, uh, one at the U of I and then us here at Blank. So I am the dietitian for that and it was Oh boy, the biggest learning curve I have ever experienced in my life. Because you had no clue, Zero experience with CF. (laughs) Zero. Wow. Because, you know, traditionally cystic fibrosis is a pediatric disease, though we're learning um, that it's, people are living longer because of pharmacological advances, but... So I really had zero experience and I had to teach myself everything. I had to go to conferences. I had to network. I had to ask questions. I had to read. I had to study up, read the studies. And um, yeah, I'm glad that's over. (laughs) I now feel like I have a very firm grounding in the disease. But um, So how does one go? Because I always think it's interesting because I think maybe as dietitians, you know, to start a job that maybe we don't know a lot about, but we know we can do it because we can do anything because dietitians are amazing. But how do you kind of wrap your head around, okay, now I have to educate myself and I have to go put myself out there. Like, how did you create a plan for you to learn as much as you can? Mm -hmm. I think I had... The most severe case of imposter syndrome I've ever experienced. <laughs> but I, um, again, I'm a performer at heart and I can really, 
I, this is going to sound bad, Anne, but I can really come across very confident when inside I am quaking in my boots and I'm so scared, <laughs> which really serves to my advantage. Sure. Um, so I never once let on like I didn't know what I was doing. Good for you. <laughs> I said, you know what? I don't know the answer to that, but I'll find out. And I just took a very humble approach. And I, after work, I would spend hours on top of that reading and I would look at you know, resources, CF Foundation website. Um, I looked at studies. I looked at papers, videos. I utilized listservs where other dietitians contribute. I Luckily, the timing worked out, so I went to the National Cystic Fibrosis Conference. I saw Conference. that you went to that. Yes. yes. So that helped a lot. Sure. And um, there are mentors in CF because it is such a rare disease um, that you can get connected with a mentor. I just wasn't able to. Um, so I was on my own, you know, to be honest. I I knew the basics of CF, but actually working with patients, you know, um, mm-hmm. the ins and outs and the details. Like, I didn't know that I would be in charge of dosing enzyme medications and vitamin D at in extreme amounts and all of these things that a dietitian traditionally you don't think does. That you'd think, oh, my, a doctor does that. But no, the dietitian's involved with that. So Really? Mm-hmm. So you're actually dosing some supplementation to your patients then. Yep. So patients with cystic fibrosis generally need um, pancreatic enzyme replacement therapy so that they can digest protein and fat and carbohydrates to grow and gain weight. Um, Without it, they fail to thrive, at least at a young age. Um, And traditionally, dietitians are the ones that dose Mm. those medications. So I had to learn about dosing maximums, you know, the ideal dose, um, how to do it, how to calculate that. Um, I did have the help of a gastroenterologist in the beginning, and he and I have a really good collaborate, collaborative, you know, relationship now. Um, but yeah, it was a lot to digest in the beginning. I bet. Literally. Literally literally and figuratively. Um, so yeah, so that was another huge part of my job. And then, um, My passion has always been in nutrition, um, GI and um, malabsorptive conditions like Crohn's. Uh, My aunt actually has Crohn's disease and I think her having going through that experience was another reason why I was so involved in clinical and really interested in clinical. So I, I kind of, what's the term that they call it where you job expand or (laughs) you, you kind of push the boundaries of what your job description entails. And I, I made a proposal to my boss and the GI doctors. And I said, you know, um, I really feel like it's necessary that we have a dietitian staffed on your GI f- clinic floor because there isn't one now, and I'd love to be that. And they said, sure. And so, lo and behold, I, I got one day out of the week where I have a nutrition clinic on the GI floor where I see just everything. everything. So anything from eosinophilic esophagitis to celiac disease, multiple food allergies, fructose malabsorption, Crohn's, ulcerative colitis, um, IBS, things like that. Um, Wow. And you initiated that. I did. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. And that's, that's, had they ever had a dietitian before? They never had. Not Hmm. legitimately a dietitian. And actually they, they farmed their patients out to Hy-Vee. So I'm sorry to steal (laughs) business from you. (laughs) No, I, (laughs) I, I, 
thought, hey, we should have it in house yes. at the hospital, just because you know doctors can see the chart notes and things like and that gets disappear. It disappears if you go out out of house. But um, so I'm pretty proud of that, and the patient satisfaction has been huge. Um, so I guess my biggest kind of interest right now and I hope I'm not taking too much of no, your time. No, no. This is, I want to, um, you need to share your story. <laughs> though it's not new, my biggest passion in pediatric GI is um, managing home blenderized tube feeding regimens for chronically ill patients who are enterally dependent. So people who can't eat by mouth, they've got to have a G-tube, um, you know, Formulas traditionally are like Pediasure or, you know, if they're a teenager, maybe Peptamin or Nutrin or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the ingredient profile is is wonderful. I mean, they're they're great products and they're meant to serve a very, very great purpose. But sugar is pretty high in those. And um, there's been some studies showing that maltodextrin can have some negative effects on intestinal, I guess, integrity and flora and all of that. So there's this ever-emerging trend to create a blenderized tube feeding. It's like if you were to take a smoothie of chicken, veggies, fruit, grains, and just blend it all up and through the tube. tube. Mm -hmm. Um, Which is, you know, I feel that chronically ill patients shouldn't have to eat anything different than you and I just because they can't mm-hmm. eat by mouth. So um, so I actually handwrite the recipes for patients whose parents then actually blend in a big Vitamix at home the food up and then they deliver it through the tube. And that is, by, I'll tell you, an art, not a science um, to wow. get it to the right consistency and, you know, viscosity so that it fits through a 14 French tube. But um it is like the most rewarding part of my job because the clinical response of these kids is just is, amazing. Is it like improvement in their overall health and their just overall mood, um, you know, outlook on life, their clinical gastro symptoms. So reduced diarrhea, reduced vomiting, um, it, it goes on and on. But oh my I just know that I'm giving them whole foods and oftentimes it's like pretty pretty Cadillac food choices. It's like quinoa, <laughs> yeah, what, sweet potato, yeah. and you know kiwi and like citrus, you know different fruits, berries. Um, gosh, what else? I put flaxseed oil down to avocado oil, fish oil, um, olive oil. Really, you can control what you put in, and then you just create this this substance that that is able to nourish these kids in a great way. So um, there are commercially made formulas that are blended so i have seen some of those all right what's what i'm thinking of one brand what am i thinking of it's like in a pouch or something it uh-huh. looks like a real food blends comes in a pouch maybe that's, that's one of the names. it's got like a bright orange label um i want to say that liquid hope and nourish were yes. the original sort of creators of this and that company's functional formularies um but actually just a few months ago, like this summer, Abbott and Nestle have come up with their own versions of home of blenderized t- uh, products. They have. And um, I submitted a paper actually to a clinical GI journal um, giving guidelines to GI 
doctors on how to do your own um, if, if a parent would want to do that. And I just found out that the paper was accepted upon, uh, upon gosh, revision. <laughs> revisions. Wonder. Congratulations. Yeah, thanks. I'm so excited. I've, you should be excited. Yeah, that's like <clears throat> a big bucket list thing is to be published, but I got to make the edits now. I have a few more days. I got to give them, send them back. But I just feel really passionate about it. And, um, you know, not many dietitians would know how to do this. No. But yet parents are wanting to pursue it because they hear on a blog or like mm-hmm. a chat board or something that the, their kids do this. And I want to say, you know, it's funny. The most medically complex kids are the parents that want to do this, like epileptic kids or patients with autism or just a you know, plethora of disease issues that they're, that they're managing. Um, so I'm, I'm very happy that I can have a small piece in, in there. So how does one get, I mean, like, how do you figure out, how did you educated yourself obviously on Mm -hmm. how to do that? So were you at home blending up things in your own Vitamix and trying out things or how does that work or how did you educate yourself on that? I wasn't, I read a lot and I, um, tried to, you know, I work actively with my moms who I see their kids and, you know, we work back and forth and I say, you know, this is going to be work in progress. Not many dietitians do this, but I'm willing to walk you through this. You have the right to feed your child in whichever way you want. So I'm here to support you. I'm not here to tell you how to eat. I feel like that's what a dietitian should do is really support somebody's goals, um, not tell them what to do. Um, and that's whether you want to lose weight, whether you want to do keto or whether your patient who's too fed wants to eat in this way. It's, it's all the same. Um, but I actually really owe my amazing education at Iowa state to my scientific knowledge of food chemistry and just just food, you know, we had food labs, we worked with food, I know how food works and what has more water, what doesn't, you know, we had to do labs that we'd look at all of that stuff. So just from a knowledge standpoint, I know what foods will make something more viscous or mm-hmm. less viscous and what would go through a tube. I know about soluble fiber, insoluble fiber, how that functions in the real world. So um, I didn't have to blend. I mean, I, <laughs> I, I still should. I should try it for myself. But um, <laughs> but I just work and say, if that doesn't work, here's we'll another try option. Something else. We'll try something else. Yeah. I think that's something too thinking broader about clinical, whether you're a physician or a nurse or a dietitian, really collaborating with the patient and the family and saying that this plan, you know, it's flexible. And if you're not on board, then what's the point? And so to work with Mm -hmm. someone instead of telling somebody what to do, and that just really helps build rapport with your patients and helps earn trust and respect, I think, knowing that the plan can be flexible. And if something doesn't work the first time, there's always other options. And that you're there for them. That's where I think a lot of times in that clinical setting, they're expecting you just to tell them and then they shut down and then they go home and they just are over it. And so that's where if you're 
a good open clinical dietitian that they want to come back to you and they want to ask you questions and mm-hmm. it's changed because I did clinical mm-hmm. for my early in my career and it's completely different now and I love hearing I love hearing it's more of that conversation that you're having with your patients and it's a yeah. continued conversation I guess at least I hope that that's the way clinical is uh, that's I pride myself in my practice that's a, that's what I tried to bring to the table and I think it's easier when you're outpatient versus inpatient sure. but honestly I'd be the same if I were inpatient I mm-hmm. mean it's all about connecting with people and assessing their motivations and you know using motivational interviewing techniques to tease out what what they're going to do and what they're not going to do because if they're not going to do it why waste your time right right so yeah I don't know people need that which is good that you're providing those services in so many different aspects. I mean, in so many, you have, I mean, I don't know how you keep it all straight, but you have a lot of different <laughs> things that you're doing. Yeah. Lots of, lots of hots in the fire, I guess, or whatever <laughs> that saying goes. But um, yeah, I, I, that's why I love my job right now. Cause every day is different. I'm in a different clinic every day of the week. Um, I, I didn't mention a, another clinic that I helped cover. It's a, um, we call it a growth and nutrition clinic and it's uh, for patients who are, failing to gain weight and Mm -hmm. grow and develop and that can come either from an inorganic or organic manifestation so um, in that clinic I particularly work and kind of help manage some food insecurity issues um, help connect patients and families with resources like food pantries or food assistance WIC things like that Um, or it's just a simple matter of they don't have the nutrition knowledge yet uh, to know how to feed their their family in a way that gives enough calories for an active child so that's really rewarding too where We've got great follow-up in that clinic. Um, patients come back for weight checks and quick physicals, and I work in tandem with a physician in that clinic. So, um, again, I think what I'm so proud of, my what I've created and what I do now is I've been able to, um, I guess call upon the interdisciplinary connection. So I work directly with nurse practitioners, directly with doctors. I can knock on their door and ask them and, you know, put our heads together. I may be the only dietitian in my center or, you know, the things I do, but Mm -hmm. I have doctors that I can work with. Um, I wish I could collaborate with more dietitians. That's the one thing I, I, I feel like is missing in my job. I miss being able to put my head together and kind of talk out a problem with a dietitian because a doctor has a different sure. knowledge set than I do. So um, that's my one, my one thing. Maybe that's your next proposal to hire someone else to work with you. Yeah, maybe so. <laughs> <laughs> maybe so. I feel like that's something that you would definitely consider doing someday. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. And then you could train them and then you could just pay it forward and you could help someone else kind of achieve some goals like you have had. Maybe so. Yeah. That's a great idea. idea. (laughs) I would love the help. (laughs) Well, it sounds like you could use the help eventually, I'm sure. But I think that's a great starting point that you've opened up doors with just physicians too, especially Mm -hmm. like the GI clinic. Like, don't be scared to approach someone that might benefit from your services, either a doctor or a clinic or a grocery store, wherever you're at. Why not? You can't lose. Yes. I think young dietitians are... You know, I, I hate to paint paint the picture with a broad brush, but are intimidated of if physicians. They're 
honestly becoming pretty close in age to us. I mean, mm-hmm. they're not that much older than us. Um, mm-hmm. They're just people. And so day one, I just walked myself straight up to the physician's office. I knocked on his door, said, hi, I'm a new dietitian here. I'm really interested in GI. would love to get some consults or referrals from you for your patients. I'm here to support you. And oh my gosh, they were elated like that I wanted to help I mean they don't know about celiac diet Mm -hmm. or (laughs) the differences in formulas really so that they were excited to get a dietitian willing to help and um, now I love being able to chat out problems with the doctors and and discuss what works what doesn't and now I have them coming to me actually now saying this person has developed antibodies against Remicade you know their medication isn't working for this patient with IBD diet is the only next option do I think they should have pursued diet first uh, maybe yeah, probably. But, you know so now I'm glad that I can be there as a support and as a steadfast you know sounding board or just somebody to to give information to because otherwise they may be left in the dust to figure it out alone mm-hmm. uh, or referred off to another hospital you know out of Iowa uh, or out of the city maybe sure so yeah I'm I'm excited about what's going on and and how long have you been doing this this job I've only been in this job a little over a year. Okay. So all well, of this was in a year's time. It's grown a lot. Yeah. I mean, obviously yeah. from where you started and where you're at. And so mm-hmm. there's just more potential for you. Thank you. That's exciting. Thanks. Thank you so much. And I know you do like 10,000 other things too. So I know that you still play for the symphony. Right? I do. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Our season just started. Go get tickets to the Des Moines Symphony if you guys are local. <laughs> um, that's just my passion, you know. Something that's always going to be with you and what you're going to do. Yeah. 100%. Music is my, at my core, what I love most. Um, I just, I'm happy to kind of keep my passions, not that nutrition isn't my passion, but happy to have that on the side and complement my clinical work. Um, So I still play um, in the symphony and still stay active with fitness and keep involved with that. Um, I I have always been really into social media and like marketing things um, through powerlifting and it's sort of, I've tried to create a more professional appearance on my Instagram lately to sort of reflect my work in pediatric GI. Um, So I try to use social media for for the positive and really Mm -hmm. educate others and have fun with it too. So um, I've met a lot of fun people through social media. I've met professional connections and um, yeah, so that's that's valuable. And you mentioned earlier about how you said music has definitely been a very key component to your ability to achieve and to move forward in dietetics. So maybe talk a little bit about that, how that's helped you in your career. Sure. Um, so musicians, classical musicians, um, are very detail oriented. Um, so I do feel like I don't know. I'm kind of a mix of a type A and a type B personality. I, I'm very type A and people probably would tell me I'm type A, but <laughs> I don't think I'm that organized. My mom is the most organized person in the world and she puts me to shame. She makes me feel guilty. Like, oh God, I'll never live up to your standard. But, um, so definitely organized. You know, we think critically as musicians. Um, I've had to take 
constructive criticism to heart for my entire life. Mm -hmm. So I can take that well, I think, although it is hard every time I get it. Um, always wanting to strive to do better, always goal oriented, because when you're assessing, when you're breaking down a piece to perform, you know, to bring it to sounding like you're screeching and making out of tune mistakes to performing it with grace and finesse on stage, there's a lot of work in progress to get to those points and you've got to do a lot of self-directed work. So my journey in my career has, I've always been very internally motivated. I know how to get from point A to point B and music has really helped develop those skills. But um, above all, creativity is something I feel like I offer as a dietitian. I always think out of the box. I always think big. I, I, I'm a, I, I do feel like I can be detail-oriented, but I always think bigger picture. I'm a concept person. I'm an idea person. Um, I love visual, you know, visual art. I love musical art. I just, I'm inspired by art. And I think having a creative mindset and being able to think outside of the box and collaborate with others, and that's something I have to do in music, that really has helped me in dietetics because... Um, Creativity is something you need to have as a dietitian, whether it's developing a handout for a patient or conveying a very scientific um, piece of information and making it fun, especially with kids. kids you got to yeah. make it fun. <laughs> um, but that's hard to do. And you've got to have a, a air of creativity about you to, to, to execute that well. Yeah, just even putting blenderized <laughs> formulas together takes some creativity For too. Sure. So yeah. and I think that's a really interesting point because you're right. You have to be very creative as a dietitian to work with just a variety of people. So doctors, patients, all of it. Mm -hmm. It's amazing how mm -hmm. much you have to. That's very very cool. Thanks. And I think it's cool that you still make time for something that's very important to your core. Like you haven't let that go with all the things that you had to do to, to do well at your job. Mm -hmm. You still kept that up. And I think that's very important. I agree. I think, yes, it's so important to prioritize your passions and your hobbies, whether that is your work or not. Um, and it's all about priorities, right? We've all got the same 24 hours in a day, but it's just whatever you can commit to that day. And do I feel like I'm never doing enough? Yes, I have that kind of syndrome, I'll be honest. I'll be the first to say I'm, I'm that like go-getter who I always feel like I should be doing more, which I'm trying to work on. Um, but but yes, I, I will never lose music. I will always have that. I, I hope I can live in a city all my life where I can play because when I was up in Minneapolis, I really didn't get to play as much as I wanted. And um it's like my religion. It's like it's church, kind of, you know, yeah, music, part playing of your... music at a very high level with other very talented players is just like dessert to me. It's like such an amazing, you know, <laughs> I like privilege. Yes, yes, yes. It's a beautiful thing. So never want to lose that. I'm so thankful to be a part of the Des Moines Symphony um, and excited to have found a career that I that I like and is it what I'll do forever? Probably Who knows? not. Who knows? We'll see. <laughs> see what happens. Yeah. We'll have to check in again in a few years and Thanks. see where you're at. Because I feel like you're one of those people that'll just kind of keep evolving in so many different ways with your career and with your <gasps> personal life. And I love like you travel so much and you just have a really amazing balance of just life and profession and all that stuff. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Travel is something I never got to do. Um, 
until I was out of college. So travel, I made a goal for myself at the end of last year that 2018 was going to be a year of travel. So last summer, um, I, I learned how to speak French fluently growing up. Um, my, I went, I kind of was in a preschool that we would speak a lot of French. My mom was very into bilingual kind of language mm-hmm. experiences. and um, But I never got to travel abroad because I always did, you know, the, the two degrees. I never got to do study abroad. Um, but I kind of say that I brought France to me. So we had foreign exchange students come stay with oh, us. That's fine. So I got to stay with one of the longtime friends that I've had who he, he stayed with us and got to go to Paris for about, a month um, oh, great. before I started this job and um, experienced that. And then I'm actually going to Greece this weekend Art for this a conference. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Awesome. I'm so excited. It's like I never in a million years did I think that work would be able to allow me to travel like this. It'll probably be a once in a lifetime thing, but um, I'm going to the European endocrinology conference for it's a pediatric conference. So um, hoping to get a lot of information on um, the obesity epidemic in pediatrics and how they'll, how they'll address that. I'm very interested to see. Oh my gosh. That sounds amazing. I'll report back to you. Yeah. I know you probably work with families here in your role at the, at the, um, you know, the supermarket environment. And so it's, it's so controversial too. how you deal with that sensitive topic and Mm -hmm. what's the best protocol. So I'm excited to see what they say. That'll be great. And I know you, um, were you teaching yourself another language recently or were you trying to learn another language? <laughs> I took an Arabic class yes. in Ames <laughs> this year. Um, it was like a month long thing and I went to Dubai and I got to practice a couple phrases, but no, no never, <laughs> never will I ever <laughs> attempt that. Well, you got that far. So that's yes. good. I can that's say impressive. hello and goodbye. Yes. yes. <laughs> well, that's good. Well, is there anything else that you want to share with our with my listeners or just you know are you open to like people reaching out to you and asking you questions and conversations I know you're on social media Mm -hmm. yes my I'm very involved on Instagram so give give me a follow I'll put a shameless plug out there (laughs) Um, my username is the clinic dietitian um, and I started a YouTube channel where I I got a lot of students asking me questions over and over. And I'm the type of person who I'd write a novel (laughs) back every time. So I thought, hmm, maybe I should start a YouTube channel and kind of put some career related stuff on there. So um, I've got sort of different identities. My Instagram is more cohesively developed than my YouTube channel. But there are a lot of great videos about my internship experience. I vlogged throughout my internship. I talk about what it's like to find a job at first starting out as a dietitian, how to nail a job interview. Um, I'm also trying to offer uh, coaching sessions with um, dietitian, dietetic students if they're interested in working with me one-on-one. I'm um, in my internship. I sat on the board that decided what the, who the next crop of interns were going to be. So I feel like I have an idea of what they're looking for. And, you know, I read so many personal statements, so many resumes, like hundreds (laughs) during that experience. So um, I'm offering services to kind of edit 
edits and help out a student with one piece of for their for their portfolio if they'd like. So so yeah, but always open to asking, answering questions rather and and definitely reach out. So sounds like you have a little small place in your heart for students and interns too. Oh yeah. yeah. Because I know what it was like to start out. I mean, I'm still a young dietitian. I'm by no means an expert. Um, so I feel like it's so difficult to find mentorship in, in the field of dietetics. We're all so busy. We're mothers. We're wives, wives girlfriends, sister, yeah, sisters, aunts, whatever. <laughs> and so um, I, I do want to make it a goal throughout my career to be a mentor for others because I've had so much trouble finding mentorship um, in my journey. Um, so yeah, that's something I'd love to, to give back. I love that. I think that's such an important part of our profession is to be a mentor because we need more of them for sure. Well, you are an incredible mentor <laughs> Try yourself. It. And so you should really <laughs> pat yourself on the back for that because you're one of the best. So. Oh, well, thank you. I appreciate that. But I think it's great that at, as a young dietitian too, that you're willing to do that because that's one time when you're like I don't have any time to do anything and you're still offering your time to do that so that's great. It was just like yesterday when I was applying <laughs> so yes that's fine but thank you so much for having me yeah. and thanks for interviewing me. I, I don't really like talking about myself on I know and it's, on hard. And on. it's, it's so hard. It's hard to talk about yourself and that's one thing as dietitians we're not good at doing so you're right. We have you're right. To, that's why I help you do it. Well thank you. Thank you so much. Well I have some hard Harder questions to ask you. I always end my podcast with okay. the hard. Everyone's telling me these are the hard questions oh now, <laughs> which is funny. But why don't you share with me some foods that you enjoy? Foods I enjoy. Oh, this is where the real <laughs> secrets come out. <laughs> okay. Well, I am true and true in Iowan, so I love bacon. I'm not gonna bacon. lie, bacon for sure. <laughs> um, I love. <sighs> Hmm. This is tough. I really don't have much of a sweet tooth, so I'm more of like a savory person, but I'm a sucker for like cookies and breads. So like mm. banana bread, pumpkin bread, good cookies. So that's that's a, another Do one. Do you bake? Do you cook and stuff at home? Yeah, yeah. A little bit here I, and there. When I have time. I yeah. really don't make that much time for cooking. I'll be <laughs> honest. I love cooking. It's so important for a dietitian to know how to cook and be a good one. But um, yeah. You just don't have time right now. I don't, I don't Maybe make in the, the future. time for it. <laughs> yeah. I, I just do basic meal prep and I kind of eat weird random meals. But um, And then I love Latin food. Like I love... Gosh, ta like good, authentic street tacos. And my significant other is Venezuelan, and he taught me about oh. arepas, which are like oh, um, yes. corn sort of patty things that you eat with whatever, and they're amazing. So they are amazing. That, and then I go to the farmer's market every Saturday just for pupusas. <laughs> They are. If you, anybody ever comes to Des Moines and is uh -huh. here during the farmer's market, that is a must. It is. It is. The line is always miles Huge. long. <laughs> so those are my guilty pleasures. Yeah, for sure. And I do like a glass of wine every once in a while. So. Here, that was one of my questions too. A beverage oh. that you like. Yes. Wine. Yep. Wine. And then maybe I was like lat Latina in another life because <laughs> I love tequila. <laughs> And um, I love, it's a drink, it's called Paloma, so yes. it's like a poor man's margarita, and it's tequila, lime juice, um, squirt, the grapefruit soda. It is so refreshing. Delish. Yes. Yeah. What kind of tequila? Do you like, are you like a silver tequila, a nejo, like darkers, lighters? 
I'm not a, I'm not a connoisseur. You're not a connoisseur. You're no way more okay. than me already. <laughs> I just like it. I just like it. You just like to give me whatever. <laughs> um, I think I like silver. Silver, silver lighter. Yeah, yeah, like a lighter one. Yeah, yeah no, that's great. They're all a little bit different flavored. So <laughs> you're right. Uh, is, uh, what's your favorite color? My favorite colors? color. I've always been... I wear black. Uh, <laughs> You're wearing me too. Black I'm sitting too. here in all black. <laughs> There's like my favorite color black is dark black, light black, and medium black. Um, but I love like lime green and turquoise. But I love all colors. I all can't. colors. I mean, I'm very, yeah. You're eccentric. open. I love all colors. <laughs> Do you have a favorite scent or a smell? Maybe it's because I love bread, but baking bread, like homemade baking bread or cinnamon rolls or something like that. That is the best. Either that or a wood burning fire in the Mm. fall. That's just a, like a feeling of home for me. Ah, that's a good, those two. I like how scents correlate feelings, you know, like that's such a cool thing. It is. And then what brings you joy in life? What brings me joy? I love I love music, obviously, and I love to dance. So I, a few years ago, got into salsa dancing, and you were like, you were and had another life. You were a lot. I, I must have been. I don't know, but <laughs> dancing to me is like the ultimate, just fun and joy. I feel so joyful when I dance. That's <laughs> awesome. Music. Does your significant other like to dance? He does. That's yeah. good. Yeah, That's he good. does. Yeah. Good. We, we need we still have to like really go out dancing together, but um but it's fun. Salsa Des Moines here in town is a really, really fun, fun group. And they have different events and things where you just it's social dancing, so you just rotate partners. You, everybody oh, asks fun. everybody to dance and yeah, it's harder than you think. I had to step on a lot of toes Did you? <laughs> before I got semi decent, but regardless I had fun. Aww. Well, thank you so much for today. I enjoyed it and I know everyone will enjoy listening to this podcast and I will put your your social media sites on the show notes so they can reach out to you and awesome. I so can't wait to catch it. up with you again in a few more years to see what's happening. Yes. And I will keep in touch with all of the Iowa Academy yes. of Nutrition. Stuff. The other thing that so she does too, on. yeah. She helps with the Iowa Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics and the marketing and yeah. media spokesperson. Yeah, I it's such a fun group of of um, women that's involved with that. We still need to get a man on that. Mark. We do. We need to work we really on that. We really do. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Someday. <laughs> Maybe but. next time we'll, t- we'll talk about him. Hopefully he'll yeah. be joining our group. <laughs> yes. Yes. Anyway, thank you, Anne, for, for this. I had so much fun talking with you. Caroline is such a passionate person and she is full of the most positive energy. She's very contagious. You should definitely watch her YouTube videos because she really radiates in those videos as well. I appreciate her desire to be a mentor and I know she's going to be a great one. It's also great to channel some of her energy when thinking about the value you can bring to many professional situations and to be open, go get what you want in your career no matter where you are in your career. It's there for you to take. My website, AnnElizabethArty.com, is where you can read the latest posts in my Nutrition Nauseous blog that has all the stories of my inspirational hell yeah happenings and adventures, food I'm noshing on, the music inspiring my life, and maybe a really good, delicious recipe that I'm trying to whip up in my kitchen. You will find all my previous podcasts, show notes, and links to things we talked about during all my conversations with these great people. 
If you're into reading, you can also purchase my book from the website. I think it's very fantastic. And I hope we can connect more by joining forces on social media by finding me on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and Pinterest at Anna Elizabeth RD. Remember to be great always, find the joy in each day, and to start a conversation that truly matters. 